Yeah, so today we start a brand new series entitled Optimal Outlook. And um, the tagline there, if you're taking notes, is, is, is this. Uh, the best thing that can happen will happen. The best thing that can happen will happen. That is our synopsis for the series. Um, I was doing some reading uh, in preparation of the series, and uh, they say that negativity um, has been conclusively shown to rewire the brain. Negativity actually rewires the brain. And um, even the way that we're, we're not built, but because we are fallen and because of what Adam did and Eve in the garden, we have all been born to what is called a carnal nature or a sin nature. So for, for us as people, it's very easy to see the bad over the good. It's, it's extremely easy to, to, to wake up and say, man, it's raining outside, or, or man, it's cloudy, or man, today's going to be a tough day, or a bad day, or a sucky day, or whatever. I'm not going to make it. It's very easy to fall into that because by nature, we're, we're, we're born in sin. We're broken. And so scientifically, it makes sense if we're, we're always negative and and, and, and we're always down and we're always speaking negativity or thinking negativity. It makes sense that our brains are, are rewired when we're focused in on the negative. Uh, they say that negativity is also bad for your health. And it has been killing us for centuries as people. It's, it's terrible for your health. Um, here, I'll pull this up here. This is pretty interesting. Uh, one five-minute episode of anger can impair the immune system for more than six hours. That's just five minutes of anger, five minutes of, of worry and despair, um, five minutes of, of bad talk and five minutes of gossip. I just throw anything in there. Five minutes of anything negative can impair your immune system for more than six hours. Um, they also say that high levels of cynicism, so this is the opposite of trust, High levels of cynicism has been linked to, greater, to a greater risk of dementia later in life. So when you're always just kind of skeptical about things like, I don't know, I don't know about that, or I don't know if I can trust you, or I don't know if I like this pastor with the long green jacket and his, <laughs> the tight faded black jeans that his wife threw in the dryer and didn't consult him before she threw him in so they're tighter than they should be I don't know something's off about this guy I don't know about that December that offering month I don't know what are they doing with the money but I'm gonna give you know what I'm saying like just cynical just setting yourself up for a greater risk of dementia the older you get you see how I set you up real good <laughs> Damn, dementia. And so um, I just don't think that's God's plan for our lives. I don't, I don't think that's God's plan. I believe God wants us to have an optimal outlook. Let's define some words here. Optimal is this. Optimal, I'm sorry, outlook. Outlook is a general attitude towards life. Your outlook is a, a general attitude towards life. And the word optimal means the best or most favorable. Optimal outlook. Essentially, those who have an optimal outlook have the best attitude towards life. 
you wake up and it's just, you're just optimistic. You're faith-filled. You're, you're hopeful. You're expectant. You, you know that God has something in store for you. Like you, you, you declare in your attitude and your approach is the best thing that can happen will happen today. It will happen. It's, it's, it's an outlook. It's an outlook. Optimal. And, and I believe that we all have the capacity and the ability by God's grace to change the way that we think, to change the way that we see the world, to, to, to change the way that we see people and situations and circumstances. You can have an optimal outlook, the, the best attitude about life. You, you can have that. So go ahead and join me in Genesis chapter 1. We're going to go to verse 26. We're going to start. Before we pull up the verse, we're going to start. Um, let's go back to the title screen. Thank you. Um, we're going um, to look at the creation story, and we're going to see God's original intent and, and how he just, how he pretty much set it all up yeah. for us. Yeah. And, and, and like when he created Adam and when Adam opened his eyes for the first time, like what he saw and what he may have said and, and the way he may have viewed the Lord and the way he may have viewed life, right? So we want to take it back to the original intent because uh, it tells us of the character of God. Like when God created everything, I mean, it was prim, it was proper, it was, it was good. We're going to read that and define what good is. And, um, and then he, he put man in there and, and Adam just wakes up. God, put this down. Put this down if you're writing notes. This isn't in my notes, but I was, I was kind of going through this this week, and so I didn't know where it was going to fit, so it's going to fit right here. Uh, God is good. God is good. I know that sounds cliche, but God is good. It, it's, it's not what, what he is. It's who he is. It, it's his character. It's, it's his behavior. It is his attitude. It is his conduct. God is Good. And so when, when we when we see things go on in the world, uh, why did that person get cancer or um, why did they lie to me or why did they hurt me or what's going on with with Syria and, and no one's doing anything about Syria or no one's doing anything about uh, uh, the, the government, blah, 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 blah. God is like in heaven like this, like. I, I didn't cause all that, that that was sin. But, so it's important that we go back to the original intent. And, and understand that God has not changed. And so let, let's look at the scripture. Genesis 1, 26, and we'll go here. Um, so he created all this cool stuff, the sky, the, the animals, and all this great stuff. You go back and read the first 25 verses. I'll let you do that. Then God said, let us, let us make human beings in our image. So this is God. God is a triune being, which means he's three in one. So a lot of people, when you read that, you're like, let, let us, like, if God, who is God talking to? Well, God is, God is three in one. So, so just, like, just like some of you, some of you are um, husband, father, and son. You're, you're three person, you're, you're one person, but you have three functions. God is three in one. God exists in three. God is father. God is son. And God is Holy Spirit. All have different functions. God the father is the creator. He is the judge. Um, he is awesome. God the Son came for us so that we would be set free from sin so that when we die, we could go to heaven and be with him and the Father. 
when Jesus came and Jesus left the scene, he sent down the Holy Spirit to all those who believe. So when you become a believer of Christ, God, the Holy Spirit, makes his home in your heart. So when we look at Genesis 1.26, who is God talking to? Well, God is, is, is speaking to uh, himself, himself, and himself. <laughs> the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he's saying, let us make uh, man in our image, our image. And so, um, and then Jesus said this, if you're taking notes, in John 24, 24, I don't have the verse. He says that God is spirit. That's the image of God, spirit. The word spirit is ruach in the Hebrew. Ruach. And it means breath or wind. So let us make man in our own image. What does that mean if we're created in the image of God? That means that we are souls with a body. We are not bodies with souls. So we are souls and we are eternal. God is eternal. Right? Another thing is we were never meant to die. And so when God created the world, he did all this, um, these amazing things, and he meant for us to stay in that garden of Eden experience forever in, in utter bliss, waking up with an optimal outlook. You understand? So, so, so because we're in the image of God and there's nothing bad or missing or void in heaven, he just wanted to create people so that he could have community with us and so that he could be in relationship with us and love us and so that we would experience on earth what is in heaven. You get that? So we got to go back to that. You are a soul. And this is why Jesus came. Jesus came to set your soul free, not your flesh. Your flesh is going to die. This isn't even in my notes. We're just going to go with it. Um, Your flesh is a tent. So we can work it out. We can make it up. We can look good, but eventually it's going to falter. It's your soul. That's going to live on forever. And we'll, we'll get into that um, April 21st on Easter. So um, let's keep reading. Our image, they will reign. I love that. We're going to deal with that next week. They will reign like fish in the sea. Uh, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, uh, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. That's another thing about being created in the image of God, so good, is that we reign. I'm going to deal with this a little bit more next week, but you've been positioned to prosper. Anyone right? Anyone writing? You've been positioned to prosper. No matter where you are, you have dominion over anything that surrounds you. You've been positioned to prosper. That's a part of being created in the image of God. And he also says this here, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. When he, that word blessing there means that he's enabled you. You've been given abilities, God-given abilities and and strengths to, to do what God has called you to do, to prosper, to grow, to succeed. This is just, oh man, I'm getting filled up. And it says this here, to reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, blah, blah, blah. Verse 29, then God said, look, I have given you every seed bearing plant throughout the earth, all the fruit and the trees for food, and I've given every green plant for food uh, for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has a life. 
And that, that is what happened. Verse 31. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. Today I want to bring a message to you entitled, The Today Window. The Today Window. Please, as you're heading out today, feel free to stop at one of, one of our windows and, like, take a picture. I mean, we're in, we're in an Optimal Outlook series, you know, just... Do something wacky. Take a picture. Does this, is this functional? Who created it? Is it? Well, let's find out. This is not staged. I really don't know if this is functional. Great. It's not going to follow me. Let's give it up for Cesar, everyone, in the creative team. So, like, I, I was, like I said, I was doing some preparing for this uh, series, and it's funny, like, you can look into windows, like, into homes, but windows were created so that you would look out. And, um, like, like, so if you're taking notes, like, a window conceptually is, like, the way that we see or, or, or look out, our outlook, our, percep- our perception of life, our, our perception of, I don't know, if you're writing, of your future. Of your current circumstance. It's your general outlook. Your attitude. It's, it's, it's a window. And so I love it that this word very good in the Hebrew means best. So God saw everything he created and what he saw was the best. And so... When he created Adam, and we're going to deal with that some more next week. We'll go to Genesis 2, how he created Adam. But when he created Adam, essentially, when he breathed the spirit into him and Adam became a living soul, the the intent was for Adam to wake up, open his eyes, and see the best. See the possibility. To see the goodness of God. The, the today window, like literally, like asking yourself, like today, when I woke up this morning, today, what, what did I see? What, what was my perception of God? What was my perception of life? What's my perception of church? What, what, what did I see? Did I see good? Did I see bad? Did I see indifferent? Did I see impossibility? Did I see sickness? Did I see struggle? What did I see in my children? What did I see in my relationship? Is he going to marry me? Is he ever going to propose? Is, is she ever going to get it right? What did I see? I just know. I just know. I don't know what you saw. I just know that God's original intent was for us to see the best. Was for our mindsets to go there. And I'm going to be so passionate about this series in which it's only a few weeks. If, if you give me all of April, your life will be completely changed. We'll cap this thing off with the resurrection. But like completely changed. Completely. Someone say it like that. Say completely. No, no, you got to drop your jaw. Completely. No, you got to look like that. Completely. Do that. Do it. Come on, do it. Completely. See, I got to keep doing things to bring y'all in because y'all like, it started good with Genesis. Now what is he talking about with this window? So like, Adam woke up 
And he woke up and he saw the best. I think you have to be intentional about your thoughts. We, we, allow our, we allow just anything to come in when we wake up. We, we say, instead of saying, I get to go to work, we say, I got to go to work. That, that's a today window. I get to go to work. I am blessed. I have a job. I'm going to get a paycheck. I'm healthy enough to go to work. Thursday, I go to work tomorrow. I might have to work on Saturday. Then I got to go to church. It's, it's like today, um, PK doesn't know this, but I'm, I'm loving this mic thing. I feel like I'm flowing. When I got the mic, I'm like, ah. You're not listening. I like this, though, right? So, like, this morning, um, PK, uh, you, you came to set up the church and do worship practice. And so the boys had ate breakfast, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to wear. And um, Judah's in the room, and, he, you know, we're, we're moving. So we're trying to clean up, and there's stuff still kind of all over the place. But, you know, Judah's in our room, and we have this organization that is organized. It's going to go somewhere. And he comes in the room. He's just sitting in, like, our pictures, and he's just just putting them all over the place. And it's already been a stressful week. And I'm just like, I have a decision to make in this moment. And it hits me because I've been, I've been diving into this thing all week. And I'm like, I, I can, now I can, I can respond to this. I get a chance to, to, have, an, to have an optimal outlook. And um, he just, it hits me right before I say, Judah, stop. I just, I don't know, the Holy Spirit just arrested my tongue or something. And instead of saying anything, I just thought, one day he's going to be too old to do that. And I'm going to wish he was messing up the house. I'm going to wish he was running around. Scratching up the walls. I'm going to wish. I'm going to miss him. Because if he's anything like me, I, I don't call my parents enough. So, so it's a blessing that. <laughs> it's a blessing that he's messing up the house. He's healthy. It's the outlook. It's the outlook. So, so when Adam woke up, first point of the day, it, it, when you wake up, you got to make some declarations. As he said that today is a good day, and God's best awaits me. That's what Adam, when, he, when the first human being woke up, today is a good day, and God's best awaits me. 
Try that when you leave church. Try, try that tomorrow morning. The sun's going to be out. The, the sun's going to be out. Try that. Today is a good day in God's best. It's been a long week. We've been moving all week. Monday morning, man, Monday are my free days. Like, it's the day I take off. I don't want to tell you where I go because I don't want to see you there. <laughs> I love you. But it's a breakfast place off a of Muddy Branch. Anyway, don't show up. Don't show up. I'm going to act like I don't know you. Um, and I was just, but we moved, so I'm groggy. Tuesday, I was the worst, right? Just, ah, uh, ah. Uh. I hate life. Uh, Got to move. And like halfway through Tuesday, I kind of just kicked out of it. And uh, the sun was shining. And today I had to declare like God's best awaits me. Like, like, like uh, we, we have to get past this like God is going to open up heaven and zap you with excitement. Like God's going to open up heaven and just zap you with faith. He's going to zap. No, no, like uh, the, the disciples prayed and they asked Jesus, they said, increase our faith. Yeah. He, he, they had to ask God, like, get me right. Get, get my countenance right. You, you've heard it before. It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Let's smile. Let's just, come on, let's do that. Come on, let's do that. Let's smile. Let's smile. Now, let's, let's frown. Doesn't that hurt? Doesn't that hurt? Doesn't this feel good? That's a fake one, but. All right? And, and just Adam woke up, and, and I believe he did two things. I cannot verify the second biblically, but I can the first because God said it was very good. Take notes here. Adam saw that it was a good day. He perceived it that way intentionally. And secondly, he spoke. God's best awaits me. At my job, God's best awaits me. In my school, God's best awaits me. In light of bad news, God's best awaits me today. I believe he saw and I believe he spoke. I love Ben Franklin, and it's important that you start your day out that way. Ben, Benjamin Franklin said this. He said, um, early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. It is, it is vital that when you get up, like in our new place, we have different windows. We have more windows in our new place. I, I love it. It's just windows everywhere. We don't have to turn on lights and We've ran the heater or the AC like three times this week for like 15 minutes each. It's going to be amazing. But we have windows everywhere, and we have a different viewpoint. And so sometimes you got to change your window, your perception, in order to see something differently. And so, um, you know, I just think it's important that in the morning you take a look out at your window. Don't, don't get up and just brush your teeth and get your hair and get dressed and get out of there. I, I think you got to get up. And, and for some of us, if I can speak practically, maybe I'm a little bit too practical for my Bible heads this morning. And that's fine. But if I can speak practically, 
Um, some of us, we need to get up a little bit earlier. He says it here. I mean, this is the $100 bill, man, y'all. This is Ben Franklin. Early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. It's something that I'm working on. I, I know for me, when I get up in the morning, I just, I feel better. Here are a few benefits to rising early. I believe that when God created Adam, he woke him up before, before the sunrise so that he could see the sun actually rise, so that he can see that, man, this, this is amazing, but, but the light is rising, and I get to see more of God's goodness as the day goes on. So I just, I can't prove it, but this is just revelation. I think when he created him, he created him, and he woke him up around like 5 a.m. So, so that Adam could get up. And so these are just a few benefits of rising early. They say that you get better sleep. I'm personally making it a goal to get in my bed by 10 p.m. so I can be up by 6 a.m., 5.30. They say the most successful people wake up before 6 a.m. The most fulfilled people, the healthiest people, they're up no later than 6 a.m. We have future doctors in this room. They're on it. And we thank God for you. But you're operating in high excellence. You're operating in intentionality. You're focused. You're, you're laser focused. You're serving the Lord. Like, like you, you've tapped into something about, some, you know, about a better life. Um, they, another benefit is this, is you get to see the sun rise. Scientifically, that say, they say that when you get to, to see the sun rise, it releases endorphins and you just feel better. Another thing, another benefit, they say you, you get a chance to have an amazing start to the day. Because early in the morning, there's minimal distraction. For me, I have kids. So, like, and any parent would know this. When they get up, it's over. Your day is over. By 8 a.m., your day is done. See, I don't have a lot of parents, so because we're not getting a lot of laughs. Come on, come on, parents. I need my parents right now. There it is. Your day's done. I don't understand some of my leaders. Like, they want to come into full-time ministry. And it's like, huh? You can't get to church at 8 a.m. now to set up and tear down. Sorry, I need to behave. I feel good today. Okay. Like, um, another thing is, um, once again, solitude. God, God has, personally, God has spoken to me the, the clearest in the morning. The clearest, the dreams and, and the visions and the affirmations and the approval, it happens in the morning. The morning is a great time to offer up your gratitude. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Another day. Strength and opportunity. A chance to meet new people. A chance to learn something new. To go further. Wow. Thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm getting closer to the promises you have on my life. Gratitude. It's, it's the perfect time. It's the perfect time. And then declarations. Psalm 143.8 says this. Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I am trusting you. What is the psalmist saying? He's saying, I'm making time to hear you tell me how much you love me. 
before the social media starts, before the text messages from crazy friends creep in. Yeah, I, I need to hear you first. Early in the morning, he says this here, show me where to walk. So it's in the morning where you get the guidance. I'm clear on where I'm going. Adam was clear, and we're going to deal with this next week, so please come. we got a part two of this. Um, he says this here, for I give myself to you. That's the way to get, your, to get your, your day good. Oh, man, you love me, and I, I know what I'm going to do today, and I'm going to study here, and I'm going to meet with this person here, and I'm going to work out here, I'm going to eat here, and I'm going to get in bed by 10, 11 o'clock, and yeah, yeah, he's guiding me. I'm going to pray here. I'm going to write here. I'm going to budget in this time block out. He's guiding me. And then, you know, it says this. It says, um, da, 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 da. I give myself to you. That, that's the best way to have an optimal outlook. I just, I give my heart to you. Use me today. Be ye glorified in my life. Help me to be an encourager. Help me to avoid the gossip. Help me to be a light in my workplace, in my school, in my neighborhood. Yes, 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 yes. I, I give myself to you today. It gets, it gets you early in the morning. If you would read the scripture through and through, Adam, Abraham, Moses, David, Jesus himself, Paul, early morning risers. 4,000, 3,000, 2,000 years later, we're still talking about these men. Early morning risers. Psalm 119, 148 says this. Uh, 147 and 148 says this. I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help and I put my hope in your words, in your words. He says this here. I stay awake through the night thinking about your promise. It's so vital to just to read a section and to just allow that to be the window by which you look through for the entire day. Romans, like Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good. It's my window. I may be in a whatever, whatever, whatever situation. All things work together for my good. John 10.10, 10, I've come that you may have a life and a life more abundantly. For, for me, 20 campuses in 20 years. Okay, well, this, is just a, this Sunday is just a stepping stone to the next location. 2,000 Sundays for now is another stepping stone to the next location. Vision. Um, 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 whatever it is. You got to get up in the morning and, and, and get it right. And it says this here, having an optimal outlook is knowing, it is knowing that today is a good day and that God's best awaits me. I believe the second thing he mentioned was this, is that today I have everything that I need to succeed. Everything I need to succeed. An optimal outlook. You got to see it and you got to speak it. See it and you got to speak it. I remember moving up here before we launched the church. We're doing good on time. Um, 
My wife insisted that we would live and survive on one income. And I reached out to, to my mentors and my pastor, and they advised me the same thing. They said, you should focus on growing the church and moving it forward. And um, I didn't agree, but I had to submit to spiritual counsel. And even in this situation, my wife, I felt less than a man, wasn't paying any bills, focusing on this church thing. I don't know if it's going to work. But then something kicked in. It's like I have everything I need, though. I have, I have food. I have clothes. I have shelter. I have a team. I have everything that I need in order to fulfill the purpose and the calling that God has on my life. I believe that you have everything that you need to be the parent, to be the spouse, to be the student, to be anything that God has called you to be. You have everything that you need to flourish. I've made a list. You should make a list of your needs. And I bet you I did it. I did a, um, an exercise. I made a list of the things that I need versus the things that I have. You should do it. The things you need versus the things that you have. And the things that you have will be longer than the things that you need. And the things that you have, watch this, fulfills the things that you need. Come on, someone get with me. We got to celebrate that. Y'all my woke crowd. Don't go to sleep on me. I'm trying to help us to see that you have everything that you need. When Adam woke up, the first thing he saw was, I have everything I need. It's the outlook. I have everything I need. I have the mind. I have the body. I have the resource. I have the people. I have the church. I have the word of God. I have the promises of God. I have the guidance. I have the community. If I so choose to engage it, you know, the community is not going to always engage you. You got to engage it. I have everything that I need in order to succeed. And I promise you, if you write this list, it will be longer than the list of your needs and it will fulfill the needs. God will show you something. I'm healthy. I have clothing. I have food. I have shelter. Here's my list. I have friends. I have family. I have an education. I can get more if I want to because God's that good. He's blessed America that much. Um, um, I have a mind. I have love. I have affirmation. I have approval. I have Jesus. I have the best church in the world. I have it all. I have it all. Wow. So like every morning, I have everything I need to succeed. So now I'm smiling. Today's a good day and God's best awaits me. And I have everything I need to succeed. I have everything I need to be in a different place by this time next year. I have everything I need to be in a better place by this time five years from now. It's an optimal outlook. And so we're going to continue next week. And that's what Satan came to is the outlook. So you got to come back next week. This is just an intro. Next week, we're going to deal with opportunities and decisions. You either eat the fruit or you don't. Uh, this week, we're just going to kind of build your faith. Like, think about it. Think right now. Don't just look at me. Think about, uh, let me think about my life. Do I complain about what I don't have? 
Or do I magnify all that I do have? Paul said it like this. Paul was in prison and, um, you know, they had sent him some supplies in prison. He was preaching the gospel of Jesus across the world. He was locked up for preaching about Christ. Um, he, uh, this is the church of Philippi that sent him um, um, these, these gifts. Um, the first church in Europe, the, the Philippian church. And they sent him gifts. And he said this in Philippians 4, 18 through 19. He said, in this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ. Give everything you need. Having an optimal outlook, write this down, is understanding that I have everything I need and there is no lack in Jesus. I don't need these friends. I need these friends. I don't need to go here on Friday. I need to be in his presence on a Friday. I don't need to have crazy fun. I need to have clean, healthy, good fun. I don't need to drink here. I need to have healthy, good. I have everything I need to succeed. I want to give you three benefits of um, having this, this God is with me and God's best awaits me this morning. And this I have everything. I want to give you three benefits. Um, number one is breakthrough. When you, when you wake up every morning with these mindsets, today God is good, and today I, God's best awaits me, and today I have everything I need to succeed. Every morning, I'm telling you, God has set this thing up perfectly. I wish I had my phone. You look at your weather app, the sun is shining tomorrow. Tomorrow's the perfect time to, to do this. You're going to experience, number one, breakthrough. There are areas in your life that you're being held back. And the reason you're being held back is because of the way you're thinking and the way you perceive life. And what's going to happen is, is that when you begin to employ these or apply these principles and, and, and looking out that way and having an optimal outlook is that you're going to suddenly advance. That's what a breakthrough is, a sudden advance. Like you're pushing up against it in, in your marriage and up against it with your kids and up against it with your grades and up against it in your finances. But, but, but when you begin to change the way that you think and understand that I'm not up against it, I'm actually up against me. And if I'll just change my perception and my outlook, I'll have a sudden advance in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit, in my soul. I will advance because it's all about the way I see it. It's not going to change. But if I change from within, I'll have the victory and I'll break through on the outside. I have to have a breakthrough inside first before I break through outside. Is that understood? And the second thing is, is this, progress. A lot of us want to see progress. How are we waking up? How do we view our relationships? How, how do we view the, the little money that we make? God is good, and God's best awaits me. And I have everything I need to succeed. Progress. You're going to continue. I mean, think about it. I'm just kind of letting you in on my world. Just think about it. I, I, I could have been, uh, when we moved here, I could have been just, I, I told you, we moved here one salary. Megan and uh, Becca live with us. My wife was paying all the bills. I'm waking up, taking care of Judah, sending Jay off to school. I'm at my desk just 
writing little cute values for the church and and little cute little sermons. We got an interest meeting because we got a church to start. I mean, just think about it. Had I just woke up and been like, I am such an idiot to have moved all these people to the DMV. I could have just soaked in it. This is, oh, Lord, why did I do this? This ain't going to work. This is so embarrassing. A church, there are cooler things to do. Guess what would have happened? No progress. No progress. Got everything I need to succeed. It don't make sense. My parents don't agree. A lot of my friends don't agree. The people I probably moved here with are probably like, I don't know if this is going to work, but I love you, you know. <laughs> you know, that's part, that's part of how it is, too. But I had the power to control my mindset. And because of it, there's been progress, growth, for movement. We're not, you're not in the same spot you were October 16, 2016. There's a time where the church was two sections. Like, like just here and, and here and maybe two kids and kids. Right? Maybe a salvation here or there. It was a time where I'm, I'm scrambling for money to give to the school. For, for, we were giving them uh, Google Chromebooks. Yeah, let's, let's pop them 200 bucks. We got 200 bucks in the outreach account. Now we're giving thousands and, and, and feeding kids and, and doing all this. Come on. God's best awaits me. And the third thing is accomplishment. When you get that optimal outlook, you get things done. You get things completed. You grow. Jesus Christ, it's all about an outlook. Y'all can get ready to close me on out, worship team. It's about that outlook. Accomplishment. So many of us want to accomplish things. And tomorrow morning is your opportunity to see things the way Adam was able to see things before the fall. Now, this is what happened. Adam did fall. We're going to talk about that next Sunday. But God sent who is called the second Adam. That's one of his nicknames. His name is Jesus. I mean, he's, he's called a lot of things. But the second Adam, his name is Jesus. And Jesus came so that we would have the peace and the hope and the ability to see that today is a good day. God's best awaits me. And that today I have everything I need to succeed in Christ Jesus. Let's give the word of God a hand clap of praise. <clears throat> Let's pray, church. Father, we love you and we honor you. We offer up our hearts to you this, this morning. We thank you, Lord, that tomorrow you give us a reset, God. Your word declares that every morning your mercies are renewed. And it is because of your loving kindness that we are not consumed. 
And so, Lord, we just ask that by your grace and by the power of your spirit in our hearts, that you would transform our outlook. Help us, Lord, to wake up a little earlier, to get in your presence, to pray, to feed on your word. And God, speak to us. Tell us how much you love us. Show us a vision. Give us peace and clarity for the day. God, may we be people that have the best attitude towards life. And Jesus, we thank you that you've put each of us on your shoulders. And it is because of you, Christ, that we will win, that we will break through, we will progress, and we will accomplish everything that you've called us to accomplish. Now, with every head bowed, if anyone in here does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, God loves you. He sent a son to die for your sins. All your sins are forgiven. And you may feel far from God this morning, but you're not. God is drawn close to you. And so, church, we're going to pray together. And if this is your first time coming to Christ, receiving salvation, you can pray with us. But we're going to pray together. Church, repeat after me. Say, Father God, I love you. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Forgive me for my sin. Fill me with your spirit. Give me an optimal outlook. I love you. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate.